When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Wake up this morning, I roll over, my alarm's going off, I look at my phone, Chris Carlin has tweeted, my head is going to explode. This is Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer, she is Michelle Smallman. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and the normal host of the program joins us now. Chris, why did you feel like your head was on the verge of exploding at 745? Because I, I hate the idea that Saquon Barkley just did all of this for nothing. For nothing. Absolutely nothing. And it's frustrating to me that um, he would sign this deal and the Giants would play him so easily two days after star running backs are having to get together over what a mess their position is right now and how they can't get paid. And if I'm Josh Jacobs, if I'm any other running back in the next few years that's looking to get paid, dude, you just sold us out. You just completely sold us out by mm. agreeing to the deal that you did. Yeah, Chris, I, when I... I worry... Go, go ahead, Michelle. I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's okay. I was just going to say, Chris, when I first saw it, it felt like Saquon Barkley and therefore all of the other running backs waving the white flag because it seems like he was the guy on the call when all of these top running backs got together to discuss what to do about the landscape of their position and the market moving forward, that he was the one that had the most leverage. So for him agreeing to this deal, it seems like he's acknowledging and to all of his peers, this isn't going to get any better for us. This is just what we're going to have to do. Yeah, for me, Michelle, the thing that really set me off is that he did not even get the assurance that they wouldn't tag him next year. Mm -hmm. Like, it's one thing to admit that we've gotten to this point where I need to sign. I can't sit out next year, uh, this year, because that doesn't help anybody. But at the very least, I'll have some options to go find the one sucker that there always is. (laughs) You know, if he goes and has a good year, um, even, you know, the usage that will be used against him in negotiations somebody's going to pay him thinking he's still got enough left now he can't even do that and what what's amazing to me about it is the most let, let's just say um he does not make all of the incentives meaning I, I don't think the giants are making the playoffs so if that's the case the most he's going to make is uh 12 million next year 20 percent more do you know the 12 million was the running back franchise tag in 2015, wow. and now it's 10.09. I mean, think about that. He's going to end up settling for a dollar amount that was the tag eight years ago. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable to me. And the other thing, too, is just, is just this. They have told him all these things. They have made him feel loved with, a, with all of these words. And the words mean nothing because their actions don't reflect it at all. That's really what blows me away. Yeah, I think he felt caught in the middle, Chris. By that I mean, like, which team is he more loyal to? His Giants teammates or his fellow running backs in the NFLPA? 
Um, because I, I think the long-lasting effect of this is that I already see it when I go to football camps here in Cleveland, Ohio. Like, no one wants to play this position, Chris, because mm. all you do is get beat on, and then you don't make any money. So if you're an elite athlete now, guess what? You want to play DB, wide receiver. You're more likely to get excited about playing offensive guard than you are play running back. <laughs> and imagine imagine now, um, of all the big college coaches in America, imagine a player walking into Nick Saban's office and saying, you know what? I'm not playing running back anymore. Right. How's that going to go? Like, Nick, talking about somebody's head exploding, Nick Saban's head is going to explode at that very thought. Because, and, and frankly, I wouldn't blame the player. If you're a great, great athlete, why would you do that? I mean, quite literally, every other position, including punter and kicker, the franchise tag has gone up virtually every year except for running back. Unbelievable to me. Chris, we did our NFL radio, or excuse me, our ESPN radio NFL two-a-days, and we started things off with the Arizona Cardinals. So I wanted to ask you... Did you lose a bet? (laughs) Uh, No, but it seems like they're going to lose a lot of games this season. What do you think success looks like for them at the end of the season? That they actually think that they have a quarterback in Kyler Murray, that somehow he has figured it out, that that he has matured, uh, he is healthy, and he is... uh, showing that he can be the answer long-term. None of those things I expect to happen in any way. Uh, You know, we were talking about this earlier, Michelle. I just, the Cardinals are going to be a tough watch this season. And with Murray, uh, I wonder if he will have checked out already by the time he gets back. Is he, like, I want to know, is is Tyler Murray, uh, Kyler Murray, a guy that wants to go out now and prove a point? because everybody is saying that the Cardinals are tanking to go get Caleb Williams next year? Or is he a guy that is content that he got his money and, all right, well, we'll just figure out where I'm going to play in the future. It's very interesting to me how he handles that when he does come back, and we don't know when we're actually going to see him on the field because of the torn ACL he had in December. I, I, I think he can still be a dynamic player, but it's just... Where is his maturity? Where does that fit into the equation here? Yeah, I, I agree, Carlin. I wonder whether he's thrown his last pass as a Cardinal because mm. for him, why does it make sense to come back and push it in December on a team that has one or two wins when there's risk of you going out and getting hurt again and you figure the thirst for quarterback is enough that in 2024 someone's going to want to take Kyler Murray on I think in a way maybe he's rooting for the Cardinals to be the worst team in the league them to get Caleb Williams and then he gets to go to whatever his next destination look whatever that looks like a place that might support him because I I imagine that he must feel a little betrayed the fact that those details of that contract with the call of duty clause and all of that the fact that it got out I think that that really sort of betrayed and harmed the relationship between the two sides. No, I don't think there's any doubt that it did because somebody felt the need to put it out there. Um, You know, as far as not coming back, I would argue that would be the way to go if he hadn't gotten the money already. But he's gotten the money, and what's what's the competitive spirit right like that would tell me if you're just doing that and you're trying to figure out where you're going in the future and you feel like they've already made up their minds it doesn't tell me a whole lot that you just decide all right we'll pack it in we'll figure it out next year we'll go home 
and uh, you know, go count the money and figure it out. I, I, for me, that's even a red flag for whoever his next employer is. There has to be a need and a want to get back out on the field. And this guy's got nothing but knocked here the last couple of years since that happened, and justifiably so. I mean, think about it. Remember that the season had just ended literally the day before when his agent put out that statement about a new contract. Yeah. And that was, yeah. what, after year three? Uh, right away, did not waste any time putting it out. That's really what set this uh, into motion, this entire thing. He should be the one that has something to prove here. That might be, you know, pie in the sky, but that's my take on it at the very least. Well, Chris Carlin, another guy who got paid is Jalen Brown. He and the Boston Boston Celtics agree to the richest deal in NBA history, a five-year, $304 million Supermax contract extension. We knew that this deal was inevitably going to get done, but I just want to take a look at the Celtics as a whole. When you look at the moves they made this offseason and everything we saw from them at the end of the playoffs and last season, how much better do you think they are? Do you really think that they're going to be competing for an NBA title? I do. I, I think the Celtics are the best team in the East. Um, I will be very curious uh, to see if the Heat are actually able to get the Lillard deal done. Then I think it puts them right up there with them. Everybody is making uh, a big deal about the Marcus Smart thing, and I get Talking to Chris Carlin on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, as, as he was saying, you know, I think that Smart is a bit the heart and soul of the Celtics, but I wonder if we're going to find out, Michelle, that – what we thought he meant sort of spiritually that actually in practice, the way their offense runs, they're better off without him chucking up a bunch of threes at the end of close games. I, I, you mentioned the heart and soul part of it, though. I wonder if we're going to see that create any sort of a void on this yeah. team, right? Yeah. You know, Jason yeah. Tatum's the best player on the floor, but he's not really that rah-rah in your face, I'm going to check you type leader. Sure. And I think it was beneficial for him to have somebody else in the room that could occupy that position. And yeah. if he's required to do that, I, yeah. I just wonder how that might impact him. Well, look, I think Marcus Smart was listening to the show and got mad at Chris Carlin and kicked <laughs> him off the air. And now he, Chris Carlin has responded. He is back. Go ahead and fin- finish Man, the point. Marcus Smart was overrated. Click. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically what just happened right. um I, as i was saying i i just think that more than anything porzingis is a better player than marcus smart is and will have more of a positive impact on the celtics uh than marcus smart would i i know why people love him because they always love the scrappers and all that uh listen it was a no-brainer to make that deal yes you would have rather it was uh um, what's the kid from Milwaukee instead? Uh, it's just escaping me. Um, Brogdon, Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, okay. You yep. wish that it was him instead, but instead, now um, you made this deal and you had to make this deal. You really did. I think people do really forget about what kind of an impact he's going to have on the defensive end and blocking shots. Yeah. I wonder, though, for Jalen Brown to become the richest player in NBA history, it's a pretty amazing headline. Not that he's not a good player, because he is really good. Uh, But I just, the the numbers, these contracts, Chris, I mean, on the other side of the Saquon thing, we are getting to a point where NBA players are going to be making, Chris Mannix told us earlier, million dollars a game. You're going to see a guy making 82 million bucks 
And that, that counts for the games that he load manages, that player, and the ones that he actually plays. When you hear this dollar amount, you think this guy must be a top five player. Would any of us describe Jalen Brown as a top no. five player in the league? No. No. And that's no. not to put him down. He is no. really good. Yes. You know, like what's is there a difference between top fifteen, top twenty? He's somewhere around there. But Michelle was making the point earlier, Michelle, I thought it was a great point that you Thank know, you. The, the Celtics, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> um, the Celtics had to do this because at the very least they had to protect the asset. I mean, they may end up trading him and not paying him $69 million, but what was their option? Let him walk? Yeah, they're not doing that. You're, you're, you're not doing that. He was getting the contract. So I think that um, that is the interesting thing to me. In two years, is he out? I don't think it's just playing with the Celtics. When he was making those comments during the year, I took it more to mean Boston. I, I took it more to mean that he didn't necessarily love being up there. Now, this could change his mind, <laughs> at least for the short term. But this, this really is amazing in the league. I, I give the players' union all the credit in the world for being able to position themselves to not only get the money, but then be able to force their way out and then force their way out only to where they want to go, even if they have don't have a no trade, which is amazing. I mean, think about what's going on with Lillard right now. Mm-hmm. In a couple of years, Lillard's going to be making $63 million. He doesn't have a no trade, and yet it's a foregone conclusion that he's going to end up with the Miami Heat. Like it, Players in any sport have never and will never have more power than they do right now in the NBA. It's remarkable. Well, let's stick with contracts, Chris, but swing back to the NFL. So the Cowboys got a deal done, but it wasn't with Zach Martin. Cornerback Trayvon Diggs, five years, $97 million extension, $42.3 million guaranteed. That includes $21.25 million in a signing bonus. What do you think this Diggs deal means for Zach Martin, who is still yet to report to training camp? Well, I think think the Cowboys need to get that deal done. I, I don't think that they should be dragging their feet on that one. Um, it is one of the aspects of their team that is a strength, and you need to make sure that it is a strength. Now, what's interesting to me about Trayvon Diggs is that two years ago, you know, he had all the interceptions, but it was pretty clear that you could throw on him. This past year, that really improved a great deal, um, where teams would not take as many shots because he was doing uh, a much better job. As far as what it means for Martin, if I'm Zach... I got to get my money. Uh, I'm sorry. This is where we are with it right now. And it is an important enough situation for the Cowboys to win now. It's been win now for the last 30 years, and they haven't done it. And you could make the argument that this is one of their best chances to do it since the Aikman, Emmett, Irvin years. Um, There were a couple of Romo years in there, the year they lost to the Giants in the divisional round where they very easily could have won a Super Bowl. But... Uh, and that was 2007, Uh, I think this year, when you look at everything they have and how they have improved, especially on defense, and what they have weapon-wise, because I think people overlook Brandon Cooks. He's really good, and he's going to fit really nicely with them. This is a team that has a chance to win, and they cannot screw around with this. I imagine that both of these deals eventually are going to get done, and you know, obviously the Diggs one did. Uh, Chris, I think their defense is good enough. I think their offensive line is good enough. I think their receivers are good enough. This is going to be a coach and quarterback question for the Cowboys yeah. this year. 
uh, and the NFC is wide open. You know, don't don't give me the whole oh we had to go through Aaron Rodgers. Like yes, they have the Eagles in their division, but they are in the far inferior conference now between the two. And I think it's going to come down to do you trust Mike McCarthy and can Dak Prescott come up with the one big drive that he couldn't in the playoff game against San Francisco last year. To your point, Chris says this all the time. Great players have trouble overcoming bad coaching. And that could be the case with the Cowboys this year. Um, I think they have a lot of really, really good players. And the question will be, is Mike McCarthy going to be a bad coach? Yeah. I can't see where he's going to be an upgrade over Kellen Moore in calling the plays. I don't see that. Um, so then it's on Dak. And what's on him? Don't turn the football over. Like, I don't, go, I don't think that Dak has to go out there and be a 40-touchdown guy and, uh, you know, uh, two interceptions. Just let's keep the interceptions in the single digits. How about that? If we could do that, I think they're going to be in, in much, much better shape. It, it, like, I would settle with Dak right now, 30 touchdowns, eight picks, 4,000 yards. Is that good enough? It should be more than good enough. The numbers, I think, will be bigger than that. But as long as the interceptions are down and he's not turning the football over, I, they should be fine. If they're not, it is going to be on the coach. You're right. Chris, a team that will be in their way in the NFC on their path to the Super Bowl will be the 49ers. We got word today that Brock Purdy was cleared without restriction. He's going to be in training camp after that offseason elbow surgery. Uh, we always make the joke, it doesn't really matter who's under center in a Kyle, Han- Kyle Shanahan scheme, but they're certainly in a better position with Brock Purdy as their quarterback. What do you think the San Francisco 49ers' chances are of getting to the Super Bowl? I think they're very good. I think they're very good. I would still pick the Eagles over them slightly just because of the quarterback position. But um, assuming they get the Nick Bosa deal done, because he's not going to practice until he has a deal, and I don't blame him, uh, there's no reason to think that they can't get to the Super Bowl again. Um, the, the fact that they were able to get as far as they did in that situation last year was just patently absurd and just tells you exactly um, how good that organization has been run and how good the head coach is. I would put them as the top contender with the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC, and think about that. We are saying that, not knowing definitively who it is on opening day. Yes, but we, but we're, we're saying that with Brock Purdy as their quarterback. That's how good they are everywhere else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Chris, today is National Wine and Cheese Day. It's oh, also, you're kidding me. Is that it's true? Al- it's also National Ice Cream Sunday Day. If you had a choice between a little wine and a little fine cheese or wow. the ice cream sundae the size of your head, and I could grant you one right now, which would you choose? Well, wine and cheese, and it's a little sentimental, and here's why. In college, we all have no money, right? So I, when I was a freshman in college, had some friends come up to visit. Collectively, we had $28. I was talking to my brother, Dan. I'm like, what are we going to do here? We got $28 with this group of guys. So I go, oh, this is easy. You go to a wine and cheese party. You go Mad Dog and Kraft American Singles. Oh. <laughs> it was epic. I was hungover for three days 
And I was picking up those stupid rappers for the rest of all, the week. All over oh, the, place. the rappers. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, apologies to the craft people. They make a good product. That's oh, not, yeah. I love that's the cheese. Not real, that's not real cheese, though. Oh, sort are of, you an American cheese truther? Are you yeah, one of those people that's yeah, going to... I eat cheddar. Yeah. yeah. That's the, yeah, oh, that's wow. the Wisconsin must be nice. in me. Yeah. That's yeah. It is. Well, yeah. <laughs> must be nice. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> so fancy. <laughs> Chris, great stuff. We'll talk soon. Thank you, buddy. Mad Dog and even Velveeta, if you have to, would work. Oh, Velveeta. Oh, that's a that's a brick of cheese. I just, yes, it I, is. I can't. Chris Carlin, host of Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio. Up next, Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott. Who has more at stake this season? We'll discuss. Plus, are we underestimating Bill Belichick? We will get into the Patriots after Michelle has this word from our friends at NHTSA. We all know about the speed of sound, but have you ever thought about the sounds of speeding? If you drive over the speed limit, there are lots of sounds that you might hear. You could hear the sound of your vehicle crashing, the sound of first responders desperately trying to save you. You could even hear the sound of people crying at a funeral. Because if you drive over the speed limit, you could do damage that's beyond repair. One way or another, speeding catches up with you. Paid for by NHTSA. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Mike McCarthy is putting his head coaching career on the line. I've worked with head coaches who are play callers. It is difficult. It's not like we, we've thrown away our playbook and tried to start over or anything like that. I mean, obviously, we've had some success. It's been good having Mike in there. I think he's going to bring an edge to our offense. We're still going to run the football. It's going to be a big part of what we're doing. He's won the Super Bowl and he's been to championship games calling plays, so he knows exactly what it takes. The fact that we're doing this, Mike's calling the plays, this has everything to do with the positive this round deck. It's building around deck. I feel like this, Michelle, either the Cowboys win and win big this year, or I think they're going to be talking about a new head coach in Big D. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Aaron Goldhammer with Michelle Smallman. You could join the conversation. The CC Collin line is open. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. 
Who has more at stake this year, Michelle? Is it Mike McCarthy, the head coach of the Cowboys, or is it their quarterback, Dak Prescott? Both have a tremendous amount of pressure on their shoulders, Aaron, but I think the seat is much hotter for Mike McCarthy than it is for Dak Prescott. If the Cowboys fail to meet the ultimate success this season and win a Super Bowl, Mike McCarthy will likely be out of a job. Dak Prescott will not. But, you know, you said something about Mike McCarthy feeling pressure if they don't want a Super Bowl. Hasn't every Dallas Cowboys head coach had the same pressure on him for the past, however, I don't know, 10 plus years? years? Yeah. Yes. How, how many years have we did we talk about Jason Garrett? Oh, if he goes 8-8 eight eight again, Jerry's going to get rid of him. And he didn't. You know, Mike, Mike McCarthy is a good coach. And while I do think there's a lot of pressure on him to win because yeah. it's Dallas, I don't think that it's any any more or less pressure than he likely felt last season. See, they changed the offensive coordinator that because that's something that's easy to do and not make a ton of waves, whereas trying to change quarterbacks, given the contract that Dak has, is really difficult. But if I go back to that San Francisco playoff game, I mean, everybody remembers trying to line Zeke Elliott up at center, whatever the heck that was. Someone's still got to explain to me the idea of that play, which is one of the most hysterical things I've ever seen on a football field. Michelle, I really think that game came down to Dak's inability to deliver one drive. They need, they didn't need 35 points. Yeah. They didn't need him to throw 97 gajillion touchdown passes and throw the ball left-handed and bounce it off a guy's head and side on. They needed him to come up with one big drive against a good defense, and he couldn't do it. And that's kind of been like two or three years in a row. And so to me, actually, while McCarthy's job might be at stake— I don't know. I think people will write off Dak Prescott if he gets another opportunity like that and it's sitting right there for him and he doesn't deliver. I'm with you. He's got a lot of pressure on him. And, you know, he even acknowledged when he was talking at his camp about the interceptions, the tipped passes. Uh, There's a lot of pressure on him to improve in that way and to be the guy when they need him to be the guy. You're paid like a franchise quarterback for a reason. And and the pressure is different when you have that star on your helmet and you're QB1 for the Dallas Cowboys. But with all that being considered, Aaron, this is why I cannot believe that the Dallas Cowboys are not giving Zach Martin what he wants. If, If your future in this season hinges on Dak Prescott's ability to get the job done, why are you not paying the man who's going to protect him and who has been protecting him at a high level. I think they're going to end up paying him. If you're just joining us, Trayvon Diggs agreed to a big contract extension. Obviously, he'll be back, and he's happy with over $20 million guaranteed for the Dallas Cowboys. Jerry Jones is the owner of the Cowboys, and he was at the podium earlier today, and he did nothing to relieve the pressure on both his coach and his quarterback. Take a listen. I certainly think and came to camp with the idea in mind that if we can have the kind of camp we want to have, that uh, we've got a team that can compete for the top spot. Uh, I don't want to understate that for sure. Uh, There's a lot of work to be done because we're going to play a lot of young players. But uh, I think that when you weigh it, you weigh where we've evolved uh, over the last two or three years with our defense. Uh, You look at uh, some of the talent we've got, look at Dak. When I look at all those things, I think we've got a chance to be a contender. Yeah, I don't. I would put the Niners and the Eagles ahead of them. And I just always imagine what the players are sitting there in the locker room saying to each other that their co- that their owner does these post game press conferences and that he does things like this, which clearly all that does is put more pressure on them. I don't know what other purpose it serves. 
But again, could the pressure really be any higher? They know what's at stake. They know what that fan base is commanding. They know what Jerry Jones wants. And I think they're probably looking around in that locker room. Maybe they're chuckling about Jerry saying stuff like that. But they do have a team that could compete for a championship. I mean, the offense is better this year. CeeDee Lamb is is the number one guy there. You know, Michael Gallup is going to be healthier this year. Brandon Cooks, they added him to the fold. I think Dak has some weapons that he can work with. So much of it is contingent on him and how effective he can be. But Jerry's not wrong in saying that this is a team. What what do you have them at? Maybe 12 and 5? Yeah, the, the, the 11 and 6. Part of it is that, again, they play, aside from the Eagles, in a division that they should win four games in. You know, they maybe beat the Eagles once, they beat the Giants once, and they'll beat the Commanders twice. I'd have to think. And then other than that, their schedule is a little soft. And I think like last year, they'll rack up a bunch of wins. But I don't think their season is going to be dictated by whether or not they make the playoffs. I think everybody's expecting them to do that. I think if they have to get to the conference championship game, that that to me, it's not Super Bowl or bust for them. I think for the Cowboys, it's like conference championship game or bust. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, other coaches on the hot seat. And there are a couple of other fun and interesting the name bill belichick has come up in regard to that is that fair or is that crazy michelle crazy absolutely crazy aaron i know that it's been rough sledding for the patriots since the tom brady era wrapped up i know that again the standard there is different because bill belichick's in a problem of his own making he built up the standard to be so high that when he has a downtime we're talking about him getting fired but i think that we're discounting him and what he's capable of this is a guy that is still one of the great football minds of all time he's arguably in the conversation of the greatest coach of all time we know that he can scheme a game and especially on the defensive side of the ball, really find a way to expose other teams, quarterbacks and their offenses. And I think we're talking so much about Aaron Rodgers and the drama in Buffalo and what's, you know, what are the Dolphins going to look like if Tua can stay healthy that we tend to not think about the Patriots lurking. And do I think that they're better than any of those other three teams? No. But do I think that we have discounted them a lot and that we're disrespecting Bill Belichick by saying he's on the hot seat and he could get fired? Absolutely. I think that Belichick is um, still at the top of his game as a coach. I think he's a terrible general manager. And unfortunately for the Patriots, he does both jobs. Their problem is a talent problem. It's not a coaching and scheme problem. Belichick will coach up any player and maximize them and make them the best. I just think they have to really reconsider how they align their front office. And Belichick just has so much power in the organization. I'll agree with you on this point, though. I think there are 31 other teams that would rather have Bill Belichick than whoever their coach is. And that includes Andy Reid, and that includes all the others. Um, If he was available, I think you'd see. Do you think Jerry Jones would be offing Mike McCarthy to try to go get Bill Belichick? The Kevin Stefanskis of the world would definitely be standing on the street. Coming up next, ESPN Radio NFL Two-A-Days continue with... The Indianapolis Colts will tell you why they're actually one of the most fun and exciting teams in football. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Michelle Smallman. Canty and Carlin's on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Hey, let's go do our job, man. NFL Nation Two-A-Days. Time is here! On ESPN Radio. 
the Indianapolis Colts. Blue 58! Go! I'm Stephen Holder covering the Colts. The biggest story in Indianapolis is the expected quarterback battle between Gardner Minshew and rookie Anthony Richardson. Minshew comes in with a slight advantage. He's a veteran, and he played in Shane Steichen's offense last season in Philadelphia. For Richardson, he's got an experience to overcome as he started only one season at Florida. But he's got the superior athleticism, not to mention a big throwing arm the Colts hope can supercharge their offense. We'll get some answers in training camp and through the preseason, and the winner will start week one. Countdown to kickoff with NFL Nation Two-A-Days on ESPN Radio. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. I'm Aaron Goldhammer with Michelle Smallman. You know, I'd say... I think the Colts are one of the most fun preseason teams to watch because of this quarterback battle between the old standby Gardner Minshew, Minshew mania, mm-hmm. and uh, Anthony Richardson, who, while he is supremely talented, Michelle, I, I, a guy that completed like 54% of his passes in college going into the NFL, uh, it, it'll definitely be worth watching. I'm not sure the Colts fans are going to want to see it, at least early in his career. But they're hoping that they can get him up to speed, adjust the footwork, that that completion percentage is going to go up once they get their hands on him and they get him in the system. But the raw athleticism, he is such an electric player. Either way, whichever way it works out, it's going to be fun and entertaining to watch. But, Aaron, I hope we see him sooner rather than later. Love Gardner Minshew, love the jorts, love everything. But I think we know who he is as a quarterback. And I would like to see Anthony Richardson sooner rather than later so that they can determine what he might be. Okay, fair enough. As a fan, I really want to see Anthony Richardson because on any play, he might do something I've never seen before. Yes, if I was rooting for Anthony Richardson's long-term career, I think it's a terrible idea to play him early because unlike Bryce Young, you know, Bryce Young has a ton of college starts under his belt. I've never seen a guy so prepared for the NFL, which is, I think, one of the reasons why he went number one overall. Anthony Richardson is one of these guys, and it's not that all of them have struggled, but I think if you don't have a ton of college football playing experience thrusting you into the next level is not a good idea. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Jonathan Taylor, because he's another one of these running backs, has become one of the most forgotten stars in the NFL. Just a year ago, Michelle, everybody was taking him number one in their fantasy draft. Now I don't know he's even a first-round pick. I don't play fantasy football. Where does he rank now? Because I know, isn't that the number one pick is the running back normally because of production? See, now I hear a lot of people taking receivers number okay. one overall. And they're like Justin Jefferson is a lot of people's number one, especially in these leagues. Oh, my God. With five points per reception. And yeah. No it's a passing game. And a lot of they try to scrape together, you know, a backup running back here or there. To fill those positions, but he, I mean, I'm in a league, you know, where I think he probably went for the most money. I'm in one of these auction leagues where I think he probably went for the most money of anybody last year. Interesting. Well, I still think you're right. Jonathan Taylor is somebody that has been forgotten in a lot of ways because we're hoping that he can get back to that production that he had in 2021. And the Colts are an interesting team, Aaron, in a lot of ways because of the division that they play in. There's a lot of question marks surrounding the AFC South. The Texans are going to be bad. The the Jaguars and Titans are obviously supposed to be better than them, but we still don't really... I feel like they're question marks, not exclamation points, the other two teams in that division. So it'll be interesting to see the Colts take shape and see what they look like in that division. 
I also I want to be careful how I say this, but I, I think it's important that they regain some level of respectability across the league because I think they got really ridiculed last year for two things. One is firing Frank Reich and hiring mm-hmm. Jeff Saturday off of GetUp was a heck of a move. I mean, what whatever you think about the job that Jeff did and whether he did or didn't deserve the job, it's something I'd never seen an NFL owner do before. And then they blew that incredible what what were they up 33 to nothing and they lost on a nationally televised game against the Minnesota Vikings. That was a giant embarrassment for them. So one thing, while I don't think they're a playoff team, Shane Steichen's got to prove that he belongs as a head coach in the NFL because firing Frank Reich was a bold, a bold move. Um, and I think also they've got to you know confirm that they're like back and a little bit more stable, certainly, than they were. Last year was a bit of a circus, I thought. It was. So I, I just looked it up. Three and five, three, five and one start, excuse me. Then they fired Frank Reich. They finished four, twelve, and one. Completely crumbled down the stretch. Yeah, the the whole thing with Saturday was it didn't work out. Um and obviously he I think he got an interview. That was one of those jobs where I think like I think I got an interview and you got an interview. And Shannon producing the show got it. We all got an opportunity to be the coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Up next, Saquon, New Deal. Is he the best back in the NFL? We debate and discuss. I'm Aaron Goldhammer, Michelle Smallman with you, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.